0: Jay button popcorn <laughs> Okay let's start the show. Jimbi Osina Preparati per la stagione quattro
1: Preparate para la temporada quattro sit back relax and listen Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea Butter and Popcorn, now live.
0: Welcome to Shea Butter and Popcorn.
1: With Taj and Chels, Season 4, Episode 13.
0: Shea Butter and Popcorn is the podcast where your neighborly film fanatics review our favorite films and shows. My name is Chelsea, aka Chels, singer, actor, blogger, podcaster, and all-around movie lover.
1: My name is Taj Yana, also known as Taj, actor, filmmaker, lover of Black stories, Black narratives, Black everything. Welcome or welcome back.
0: Yes, happy Good Friday, listeners. Whoop, whoop. You know, it's not only the kickoff of April, you know, the first weekend in April, but it's Easter weekend. Yes,
1: so Easter.
0: Happy Resurrection Sunday. Yes, yes. Come on. Jesus lives, y'all.
1: He is alive. He lives in you. He lives <laughs> in me. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this week, we're th- gonna be talking about dramas with a side order of sad melodrama. Sad face. Melodramas, <laughs> <little> y'all. <laughs> uh, so sad. They can be huge tear jerkers when they're done right, and when they aren't, eh, you'll be like, "Why are they like pulling on my heartstrings or trying to, you know, take these?" cheap shots at tears and then you can kind of get hostile and aggressive at least if you're like me i do that <laughs> it's like why are they writing it like this they're trying to make you cry or something and it's not are you trying to
1: make me cry
0: like yeah it's not working <laughs> it's not working <laughs> kind of like when like you watch stand-up and you don't laugh isn't that the oh that? yeah you're trying to watch it and it's like they don't make you laugh and it's like hmm and you get like irritated
1: <laughs> yeah yeah definitely
0: Please, comedy is hard, you guys. Drama is difficult as well, but comedy is just as hard, if not harder, I think.
1: So oh, man, say, that's true.
0: Right? Because it's like, especially if nobody's laughing, you're just like, all right.
1: <laughs>
0: don't you know we went through 2020? We don't have a sense of humor anymore. Kidding. Kidding. Because if you get through last year, all you have is a sense of humor.
1: That's, everything's just funny now.
0: Everything is funny. <laughs> <they're just> so <laughs> jacked up. Everything is hilarious. So, first up is The Hillbilly Elegy, directed by Ron Howard, available on Netflix. 86% of Google users enjoyed this film, even though Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 28 because they are haters. There's something wrong. I don't know if they need a hug. <sighs> Help them, please. I don't know. I don't understand. Rotten
1: tomatoes.
0: Why are they... Why are they like this? I don't get it. Oh, my goodness. So the synopsis is you have a Yale law student drawn back to his Appalachian hometown, very southern, very country, and he reflects on his family's history and his own future of where he got to where, you know, he is, Ivy League, all this stuff, and, like, what's going to happen next? Uh, This film is based off the book by the same name, starring Amy Adams and Glenn Close, Amy Adams plays his mother. Glenn Close is his grandmother who basically raised him because his mother's so troubled. You know, this is a very riveting true story. Gabriel uh, Basso uh, stars as JT, the Yale student. And what's so, like, really endearing about this film is the way Glenn Close, her character, steps up and is there for him during, during these times of adversity because his mother oh my gosh, she is a piece of work. She's a train wreck, you know, and she has a drug addiction and she drinks too much and these random guys. And he starts to get lost himself hanging around kids that are going to derail his life, as his grandmother says. And, and she's very right about that. you know, and thankfully his grandmother was there for him. And they were poor, like really dirt poor, but she worked and saved for him that like uh, one scene, for example, have this T9 uh, calculator, Texas Instruments, for him to do work and stuff and school. And um, she was very hard on him. And like, he could only have like tomato sandwiches or grilled cheese is all they could afford. And he had to, you know, uh, work and do his homework at the kitchen table and all this other stuff and making him clean. And he's just like, this is like, you know, prison. But what he didn't understand is like wax on, wax off. She's like training him to do something constructive with his life and change his narrative. So he ends up, you know, at Yale. Then again, he sticks out like a sore thumb. He has this very devoted girlfriend. This uh, Indian American woman who's with him and understands his story, but like he is at this dinner for sponsors to kind of get like an internship or a possible job with these um, firms, you know, once he graduates from Yale Law. And a lot of the people are glossing over him because of his accent and the way he carries himself. And, you know, he's calling his girlfriend panic because he doesn't know how to eat formal dining, like outside in, stuff like that, that cute little scene there. But um, at the same time, he just has to remember that even though he's taken out of the country, the country's not taken out of him. And so because of that, he feels like it could be a deterrent, but then like he retraces his steps. So it's a beautiful film. I really like that story. Um, So that's that one. Next up is Pieces of a Woman, directed by Cornell Mun. Drexel, screenplay by Kata Weber. And so this is available on Netflix as well. This film holds a 76% on Rotten Tomatoes and an 81% by Google users. It's a little bit higher rating. Um, It's a very, very sad, heartbreaking, heartbreaking tale about a home birth that leaves a woman grappling with the profound emotional fallout isolated from her partner and family by a chasm of grief. This film stars Vanessa Kirby, we know her from The Crown and other works and Shia LaBeouf, Ellen Burstein. The first 20 minutes, the birthing scene. I mean, if you don't watch this whole movie, just watch the birthing scene, y'all. If you don't watch anything else, it's just very visceral, leaves your body breathless and filled with anxiety. And the rest of the movie is just straight up grief. It's like a huge tearjerker. And it's one of those where it's like, I feel numb. Like I can't even like, initially you may cry or feel like you want to like well up, but then afterwards you're like numb. It's like, oh my God. And now what else? It's just so unbelievably sad, but Vanessa Kirby did excellent. You know, it's, it's a really, really great film about, you know, pieces of a woman and loss and how to grapple with that loss and grief. And, uh, I believe that um, this, the writer, uh, Kata Weber, actually um, dealt with that, with, with problems with, with childbirth herself and then told the story. So it's an excellent film. Last up on my list this week is Hope Gap 2020, directed and written by William Nicholson, available on Hulu. So this film holds a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes and 80, 84% of Google users enjoyed it. And it stars Annette Bening from *Being Julia*, Bill Nye from films like *Love Actually* and other works, and Josh O'Connor we know from *The Crown*. So you have some well-known actors here. The synopsis is: Grace lives an idyllic life in a British seaside town, but her world soon comes crashing down when her husband of 29 years, y'all, tells her he's leaving her for another woman. <laughs> what? Trash.
1: Trash. <laughs>
0: Stuff.
1: Like, 29 I mean, like, that's a whole adult lifetime 29 years geez
0: what the heck like why would you like that makes you question like why do you get married because like that's gonna
1: be how old i am soon like that's a whole lifetime
0: an entire lifetime like why did i get married Ugh. hashtag tyler perry why, did <laughs> I... <laughs> why would i put myself through this crazy through stages of shock, disbelief and anger with support from her son, Grace ultimately regains her footing while learning it's never too late to be happy. This is so sad. Um, it's very heartbreaking without giving too much away. It's very palpable to feel her pain. Um, Like the previous film I talked about, you know, there's this one scene, she's sitting down on the stairs and her son comes over and she's like, you know, I ended up here and I didn't see the point or motivation in getting up, you know, so she got stuck. She said in between going up and coming down. So she just sat there for the son's like, what are you doing? it is really sad. My favorite scene, one of my favorites, is definitely at the end, the son's monologue to his mother on the cliffside, just saying, you know, if this is the end, then let me know now, because you're the leader in my life, you're the one going ahead of me, you know, you're my, you're my mother, so let me know that, you know, if it doesn't get any better than this, let me know now, so I'll know that, you know, if a love leaves, then I should just give it, give up, you know, but If you can push through this, then I'll know that it will get easier in life. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. It's the way, like, it's written and just, oh, my gosh. It's so sad. It had me so emotional. But that's Hope Gap. So check that out. Those are my films for this week. Taji, you'll know what yours are.
1: Yeah, man. Speaking of Tyler Perry, (laughs) I wanted to talk about... Gosh, um, such a classic such a controversial film as well. Four Colored Girls: 2010. Um, can't believe it's been that long, but I um, wanted to talk about this because it's such a, a interesting adaptation um, for those who don't know. You can watch the film on Hulu, um, but uh, Four Colored Girls um, is a drama. Um, and it was adapted from Ntozake Shange's 1975 original choreo poem, um, which the full title is Four Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide When the Rainbow is Enough, and it's spelled E-N-U-F. Um, love her. <laughs> Rest in peace to the queen. Um, but this film is written, directed, and produced by Tyler Perry, of course. <laughs> and the film features um, an ensemble cast, which includes Janet Jackson, Willby Goldberg. Felicia Rashad, Danny Newton, Loretta Divine, Anika Nani Rose, Tessa Thompson, Kimberly Elise, Carrie Washington, and Macy Gray. Heavy hey. hitter cast of women. Um, this film <laughs> got a 32% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it uh 85% of Google users like this. Um, I think the main thing, I don't want to spoil these films, but I think it was really one. The the play is just beautiful. Um, Chelsea and myself had the privilege of actually being cast in our um, college production of the film um, or of the play. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And this film was the first film to be produced by 34th Street Films, which is uh, basically an imprint or a baby of (laughs) Tyler Perry Studios um, and distributed by Lionsgate. And it's the first R-rated film directed by Tyler Perry uh with a budget of 21 million. Um uh, when it was released in twenty ten, they grossed 20.1 million in the opening weekend. So basically it follows 10 black women, um seven of whom are based on the plays uh characters, each given a color known as Lady in Red, Lady in Brown, Lady in Yellow, etc. And hey, so y'all listen to uh, Lady in Yellow and Lady in Brown right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes lady lady in brown and lady in yellow coming right at you from the shea butter and popcorn podcast I, <laughs> I love it I love it we had so much fun um but it's it's such a, a very um yeah we ha- we had such a a, a time it, with this piece there's so, it was so emotional um the things that they went through and exploring like you know parts of yourself through these characters, you know, having that firsthand experience is very inexplicable. Um, and we we definitely felt that, of course, um, even leading up to opening night. So um, basically each character deals with a different personal conflict, you know, um, trigger warning, there's sensitive content in, in the film and in the, the play, but it deals with love, abandonment, you know, infidelity, rape, abortion. And it's so real and raw. Mm-hmm. And it basically, the film is still like a poem in the sense that you have the, vo- the voiceovers of the characters reciting the poems, which are basically them explaining their inner thoughts. Um, and then they all, well, not all of them, but um, a few of them live in this brownstone, New York um, apartment mm-hmm. complex. Um, and they deal with these different issues of domestic violence. Um, we deal with infidelity we deal with a lot of personal, you know, familial strife um, and self-discovery, um, trying to love self. And I feel like a lot of the the scenes were exaggerations and very gut-wrenching. And I don't want to give it away, like I said, but you guys should watch it um, and see the how each character has something so, like, just raw and real that happens to them and the film portrays it in a way that's like you can't really look away and so it is you know like they said it's the first r-rated film because it is very um explicit in terms of what is going on with them in, in terms of those themes and what they're dealing with um and i feel like because it's also like they're speaking in poetry that adds even more drama <laughs> onto their situations of like they're expressing themselves in this melodramatic way in terms of like presenting poetry Um, so yeah that's what I'll say Um, definitely definitely I would recommend watching although I know it's very controversial and we a lot of the times it is hard to watch a lot of things that center black trauma um, or just you know traumatic situations in general but if you um, want to just see a dramatic story um, an interpretation of the the play I would I would watch it and see his take on it Um, I think that the cast did a wonderful job. Um, and it's too It's yeah.
0: hard to find a movie that's lighthearted without being a straight up comedy.
1: Yeah, know? it's that just is, like, that's, that's, this that's, is life, you know? Right. And, so, and that's what I
0: was going to say too, is like when it's like Black people because of what we go through, it's hard to find a Black movie without trauma unless you're watching a comedy. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's going to have difficult. Like that yeah. you saw about. <laughs> black stories <laughs> if you're straight black stories it's, it's like, just going,
1: it's going to be out. comedy from now on that's all the it's people like, want to see
0: this is you, know? you know or i want something to move me out, you know and somebody's a slave and it's like yeah
1: <laughs> i want something to move me you know and then you like i said you can watch it if you would like to um yeah. which is why trailers exist and reviews exist so you can <laughs> kind of read you know and see beforehand But um, definitely the situations of, you know, dealing with with family and with, you know, just, you know, does he really love me? Do I really love myself? You know, um, there's so many questions that get, you know, um, posed in the film and a a lot of answers that are presented as well. So I would definitely watch the film once again. um, It is on Hulu, so feel free to watch um, they won um, several awards for this film as well, so I, I would watch if you feel like you can stomach it. Um, next, I want to talk about <laughs> this film, Irreplaceable You, on Netflix. Um, it's it's a more of a it's a romantic drama, but it. It has comedy as well. I would. It says romantic comedy. I wouldn't classify it as a rom com because I feel like the comedy is so sparsely threaded through it that it doesn't overtake the film. Irreplaceable You. It's on Netflix. It came out in twenty eighteen, and um, it is directed by Stephanie uh, Stephanie Lang. Um and the screenplay is by Bess Wool. The main character Abby is played by Gugu Mbatha-Raw, and um her partner Sam is played by Michelle uh, Hoosman. is so good, and Christopher Walken is also in this film as well, and he plays Myron. Um. So basically, when Abby is diagnosed with cancer, she embarks on a humorous mission to find a new love for her for Sam, her fiance and best friend since childhood. And this film was so oh my gosh, it was so. I
0: saw this. I'm thinking like I didn't see this movie. Hella sad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's seriously so sad, and like nobody knows what i mean Uh, you're given a a terminal cancer diagnosis and it's just like it's so bad because there's an uncertain timeline of like how long you have to live but this girl tries to find a new partner to take care of sam and it's so sweet because they've known each other since childhood um and unfortunately we see her health deteriorate um throughout the film of course um the (laughs) The worst part since you guys already know she's diagnosed with cancer I think the the sad parts that are in the film is when oh my gosh I don't want to say it but y'all see the film but basically she thinks that she's pregnant and to go from that to being like no you have cancer that's just such a like wide ratio of like what is going on and I feel like they did they portrayed that really well of course with the scene where they reversed And did the voiceovers and stuff like that. Um, And so I believe that, you know, um, (laughs) there's a lot of strife and unhappiness as from the middle to the end of the film. But I think um, it was very, very tastefully done in terms of also the I feel like the melodrama was in the comedic parts throughout the the movie because (laughs) they have that scene where she comes and brings out the chicken because he's like, you don't know how to cook chicken. Um, And she literally slams or he's like, basically, oh, there's a, f- a chicken that's been in the freezer this whole time for like a year. And she comes and slams the chicken on the, the counter. And she's like, hey, Siri, how do you cook chicken? And it's just like so th- there's so many different um comedic elements and like just so dramatic in terms of like her trying to find him a partner through like dating apps um, and like <laughs> all this other stuff that is just like. That is so incredibly sad, though. Dating apps, Um,
0: dating apps can be sad. You know, I I was was on the apps myself a a lot. You know, last summer trying to find a boo, and I won't say which app I was on, but one person did message me saying, "Oh my goodness, Mama, you're so fine, you're so beautiful. I wish I could plant a whole field of you."
1: (laughs) Oh my God! (laughs) Not a field of my face. That's kind of sweet. I mean, it's corny, but... It was
0: corny. It was sweet. I'm kidding. I'm scared, but I thought it was sweet.
1: Chelsea likes the corn, you know? I mean, yeah, I had to get off the apps myself, but to be dying and try to look for your current partner's future partner, um, it was just so revealing because she, as a character, it showed how she just wanted to control everything. And, like, you being that sick is one thing in life that you will not be able to control to a certain extent. So... I really loved how they kind of infused the comedy in there of like, uh, too soon, (laughs) like was a lot of the, a lot of it, um, when she became sick is like too soon, um, and trying to like, you know, cope with your current reality, um, and using a, a lot of the comedic elements, um, Brian, uh, Tyree Henry, um, is also in this film, um, which was dope to see him as well, um, because yeah, it just added to the. The plot, in terms of having that um, very strong characters, um, and when it gets to the end, you'll see how everything kind of plays out and how, um, yeah, how how they come to terms with everything. But yeah, it was a very interesting spin, um, a very interesting plot, uh, and I I think it was a very dynamic story. So you guys can watch it on Netflix. I know not that many people liked it, but I love Gugu. I think. You know, thirty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know what's up with the thirty-two percent. I don't know why they love that number. I'm not sure. But ninety percent of Google uses like this movie, so y'all can watch it if you'd like. Um the last one is also similar storyline, The Fault in Our Stars. Why did we want to see this movie so bad? Like the marketing, sure. the marketing for this okay. film, we all bought the book. We all bought
0: I, it. yes.
1: The Fall in Our Stars is by John Green, by the way, um, and the movie adaptation came out in 2014. I don't understand why we were why we were caping for this film so badly, but I'm here for it. Um, I think seeing Shailene Woodley and Ansel Edgar um, on screen together as love interests is just like I don't know. I think it was just really appealing to us at that age. I'm not sure. Um, but I definitely was like on the bandwagon. <laughs> like some people are like, you got to read this. You got to watch this. And it's like, duh, I'm gonna do it. Um, but yeah, um, the Fallen our stars, if y'all are not familiar, um, you can, I don't think it's on any streaming sites. You can watch it on, or you can rent it on YouTube. Um, but it got an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is fairly okay for them. <laughs> 95% um, of Google users like this movie, but, um, Shailene Woodley uh, plays Hazel Grace Lancaster, um, a 16 year old cancer patient. And she um, meets and falls in love with Gus Waters who is played by Ansel uh, Elgert, uh, a similarly afflicted teen from her cancer support group. Um, And so basically um, the thing about, oh my gosh, this film is so sad. Um, It definitely has a twist at the end, but I think they did a really good job in terms of like a coming of age romance film. Um, and especially for an, a novel adaptation as well. Like, I feel like they just they just hit every beat so well. Um, but basically she um, she has thyroid um, cancer that is spread to her lungs. Um, and so basically her mother um, urges her to go to this weekly cancer support group. Um, and then that's where she meets Gus. Who lost a leg due to bone cancer, but he's been in remission ever since then. And so they they become really fond of each other, they fall in love, they bond over um, you know, literature. And um, it's just there's so many good pieces of of dialogue and like symbolism. Even the um <laughs> you see him like he has a cigarette all the time, and she's just like, Why? Um, and he he's like you know, the cigarette, you know, it's a metaphor, you see, you put the thing that does the killing right between your teeth, but you never give it the power to kill you. Um, And I just think that there's just so many good pieces of dialogue. And like, oh, my gosh, the feeling that is invoked by seeing, um, I think seeing somebody who is like, visibly sick, like, she has to carry around like a breathing tank, (laughs) type of thing, like she has tubes, you know, up her nose, like, it's just, I think that made it even more so of like, oh my gosh, I can physically see that you are sick and need help. Um, I think that was like an added thing to the, that that was really just a tearjerker and like made it, you know, more, more sad in a lot of ways. Definitely um,
0: me, like the last movie with cancer kids, I was going to watch so I'm not watching anymore. If I watch it anymore, it's going to be an accident. I
1: don't, no. know. <laughs> no, please, don't know. No, please. No. Do I don't think I can stomach that.
0: It's just that. It was so, it was so like, yeah, it was very melancholy. And you know, of course the whole falling in love thing and stuff. It's like Yeah. And all we have is now and so much stuff. So much stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just
1: so bad.
0: But the music is good. The soundtrack is bomb. You got Birdie on there, some other artists.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, and also <laughs> with this film, they hit it out the park because they had a $12 million dollar, um budget um and they did 307.2 million at the box office um
0: be okay yeah all right in the fall of that year I started college that was everywhere I saw the book on my bedside but it was so huge I remember because back my in my days
1: it was so big <laughs> it was only like
0: tfios tfios
1: yes everywhere <laughs> everywhere why were we like this I don't know it's just like one of the staple coming of age films for our generation I, I don't understand I think I was like a junior in high school or something so like on my way out of high school but it just oh my gosh oh wait June it came out June of 2014 yeah
0: yeah this summer. So why were we obsessed so
1: with that? Right so sad. Sad. obsessed with sadness I don't understand but I, I think it was so well done and It was so sad, but has so many good lessons and themes and um, it was just very well written um, and, you know, great adaptation from the book. Um, So, yeah, uh, definitely, um, definitely, definitely watch. Um, You guys can watch it once again on YouTube. Maybe you can find it some other way. But um, I definitely um, would encourage you guys to watch it. Those are my picks.
0: Awesome. Thank you all so much for listening. Please tune in next week for our special, Who Did It and Why Wasn't I Paying Attention? Who Hmm. done it movies, y'all. Why wasn't I paying attention? They are on our radar next week. Please feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop, on Instagram at Shea Butter Pop Porn, or follow us individually. Follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram.
1: And you can follow me on Instagram at Tajiana Okachuku and on Twitter at Tajiana yes. let us know what you
0: thought of this episode or yes.
1: Tell us, tell us what movies make you cry. What?
0: Yes. what makes you sad? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be your uh, film therapist.
1: Right, exactly. Oh my god, film therapist, that's an interesting role. Right? Wow. I have a film plan. Okay, film <laughs> <laughs> No. So tell me more about how this scene made you feel. Mm. That's great.
0: <laughs> all right. See you all next week.
1: All right. Bye.